Today we're starting a brand new series. It's a 10-week series on the Ten Commandments. Go figure. And I'm here with Pastor Scott Kreps. Scott, you took the lead on the series. And before we even get into week one or commandment number one, which we're going to cover today in our small groups, I think it's good to sort of take a look at the overall idea here. And, and it's that God's not trying to crush us with red tape and regulations, that these commandments are actually meant to bring us life. Yeah, that's right. You know, I, I hope when we think about the Ten Commandments, we don't think, oh, geez, more laws, you know, more rules, because that's not what it's really all about. It's not about more rules. Uh, what it's really about is a key to experiencing the kind of life that God wants us to have. And so you can think in the Old Testament, there were 613 laws in the in the first five books of the Old Testament that regulated how people were to live their lives. The Ten Commandments is kind of the summary of that. Here's the most important part, the heart of God's law. And then Jesus himself even summarized it even uh, briefer than the Ten Commandments. In Matthew 22, Jesus said, uh, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. And this summarizes, Jesus said, the whole law. And so that's why we're calling the series Love God, Love Others, Love People, uh, because that's really the heart of the Ten Commandments, about how to love God, how to love each other. Okay, so let's get into the very first commandment. It seems really basic, but there's a lot of good meat right here. And your point is that there's only one God, and you're not Him, right? Freedom comes from accepting and embracing the one true God. Yeah, so uh, God starts the Ten Commandments off by, first of all, in verse 2, he says, this isn't a command, he just says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. So it's sort of like he says, before I tell you how I want you to live your life, I want you to remember what I have done for you. And so what we see is that the grace of God, the heart of God, is what establishes the law of God, which leads to this flourishing life that we're talking about. So we see God's grace, God's love for his people. And then with that in mind, verse 3, he says, you must not have any other God but me. So the first commandment is all about, I am God, I am God alone. Uh, there's no one like me. Yeah, and I think the first point that you get to speaks to a seeker, someone who maybe isn't quite yet a believer because you say that there's one creator God, and he's the God of everyone, not just the God of Christians. So this is the world that uh, the Israelites lived in. They lived in a world that believed in lots of gods. They believed that every nation, every people group, they had their own God. And so when they first meet the God of the Bible, they're thinking, oh, he's just one of a lot of gods, a lot of options out there. Uh, but no, he would say, no, I'm the only God there is. That's why in Isaiah 44, 6, we read, this is what the Lord says, Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord of heaven's armies. I am the first and the last. There was no other God. So God is saying that he is the only creator God of the universe. And I think what's so interesting is that our world is a lot like uh, the ancient Israelite world, because we live in a world with lots of gods, right? Lots of religions, lots of different views on spirituality. And yet in the midst of that, the Bible comes along and says, no, there's one God who created all of this. He's the creator of all, the Lord of all. He's not just the God of Christians. He's the God of everyone. And so, so much of our culture wants to say, you know, your religion is good for you, uh, but it's not for everyone. But the God of the Bible says, no, I'm the one who's made everything, and I am the first and the last. And so that's this just powerful point that's established in the first commandment. And because of that, that God demands exclusive allegiance. And anyone who's trying to serve God and something else is going to end up in disaster. I think Christians, or at least people you know, who say they're Christians, end up trying to do that, 
right? We try to we try to serve God and ourselves. So like what I mean by that is we go to church on Sunday, you know, you put your hour in, your hour and a half, and you're like, this is my God time. But then the rest of the week is all about me. Uh, you know, it's all about making money. It's all about my career, whatever it is. And what I think is really interesting is that Jesus, you know, he, again, we're, the world that Jesus grew up in was a lot like our own. Jesus said in Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters for you will hate the one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And so there Jesus said it, it wasn't just about serving two gods, like you have two different religions, like you're a Christian and a Muslim. Jesus is saying that, you know, you try to follow God, but then you try to follow greed and you can't do both. You have to choose. Now for this first lesson in the series, I think it's important for us to end on this point that the Ten Commandments, not just this first one, but all of them taken together, they're not a pathway to saving yourself. They're a pointer to the rescuing God who's revealed in Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's such a good point, because I think that's where people get messed up. They think, oh, the Ten Commandments, this is like 10 rules to follow to get me to heaven, and that's not at all the point of it. The point of it is to say on one level, wow, we don't do this perfectly, because here's the reality. We've all served another God. Maybe we literally followed another religion, or you just put yourself as God of your own life. And so we violated the first commandment. What we're going to see is we violated all the commandments. And so if that's dawning on you, congratulations, you're in good company with the rest of us. But so this isn't like how to get to heaven. Really what this is to say is, wow, I need God's grace. I need God's love. I need God's forgiveness. And so when we talk about there's only one true God, we see that most clearly that God is revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And so here we're getting into issues of the Trinity. Um, you know, Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. What we're seeing here is the truth of like Hebrews 1.3, which says that the Son, talking about Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The point here is to say that if, if you want to know who God is, what he's like, we see God in Jesus because Jesus is God himself. And not only that, but he's the only path to salvation. Acts 4.12 says it so clearly. It says there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And I think that's such an important verse for us today because there are people who, like we said earlier, are willing to say, hey, your religion's good for you, but that's not for me. But we see that, no, really, God makes this exclusive claim in the first commandment. It's all about Jesus. It's all about salvation through Christ alone. And that's really where our hope is. Yeah. So if you're listening to this as a, an investigator, as a seeker, and you're thinking that the commandments are a way to get to God, we want you to know, even as we're starting this series, that the only way to have a relationship with God is by trusting Jesus. The commandments and obedience follows after we start a relationship with God through faith. So talk with your small group leader or your mentor about that. But that's enough for this first commandment, that there is only one God, and by the way, you're not him. So don't forget to cover the questions below with your group or your mentor, and then we hope that you'll join us for every single one of these 10 lessons in the Ten Commandments series.